passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome to Tigers in 20, a Go Tigers 247 audio podcast. Your one-stop shop for all things University of Memphis Tigers athletics. Here are your hosts, founder of Go Tigers 247, Brooks Hansen, and lead writer for Go Tigers 247, Christian Fowler. What's up, everybody, and welcome to this week's second episode. I'm your host, Christian Fowler, and joining me as always is Go Tigers 247 founder, Brooks Hansen, and Go Tigers 247 digital content creator, Kenny Stubblefield. And Kenny, just for you, I fixed it this week. Instead of saying this week's podcast twice, I included this week's You're the man. second podcast. Uh, so we did drop a podcast episode yesterday. Wanted to jump back on here after the two-lane game, back and forth game. A lot of fans were not happy about it. So, Brooks, let's let's uh, let's try to knock this one out quickly and get into it. Started strong, finished strong, and honestly, like minus the last ten minutes of the first half, Memphis actually looked really good. I mean, I, I know that they started the second half a little slower than fans would have liked, but they didn't they didn't give up like a negative twenty to Tulane over that time. Um, but you know, you can't miss fourteen layups or 14 free throws, uh, a dozen layups, and and then miss open threes the way that Memphis did during those stretches and not expect to have some lulls in the offense. I mean, just the fact that Memphis won that game after missing so many layups and missing so many free throws, shooting, what, 54% from the free throw line? Is that what it was? Something like that? Yeah, 54, 58, something like that. Yeah, I mean, if it's in the 50s, no matter what it is, bad. it's bad. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I, I just, I, I'm I'm still, like, optimistic that we haven't seen this team as good as it can be. And that's what I take away from this game. They won their first conference game against a team that was 4-0, albeit against uh, lesser competition. Uh, you know, they've got a great coach. They did lose a lot from last year's team, but they've been playing well so far to start the year. And, um, you know, it, it is what it is. Forbes and Walker are great players. I think that, you know, those two guys are going to do really well in conference regardless of who they're matching up against. So uh, it was on the road, and they won. That's what I take away. But I know that we probably have more thoughts. Kenny and Christian, what, what were your initial takeaways from the game? Let's get a little deeper into it. Unfortunately, I think we're still going to have to wait a while to find out exactly who and what this team are. Uh, I know Memphis fans don't want to hear that, but I think we're still a long way away from figuring out what this team is going to be. You see shades of it at times, but it's like they just they haven't put it together yet. Like you said, Brooks, we we can be optimistic about it, but we don't know what it's going to look like. We don't know when this team is finally going to play their best game. But fortunately, they got DeAndre Williams back. 
He looked incredible. I think we all expected him to play well, but he exceeded our expectations. If he doesn't get into foul trouble in that game, then I think he has a much better performance statistically. Uh, 10 points, 6 rebounds, a block, a steal, 2 assists. He's everywhere. He's extremely active on both ends of the floor. Uh, Non-stop, energy guy. Obviously the clear-cut top leader on this team. Uh, every huddle, he's he's got everybody huddled up, and you can see that he's getting everybody refocused. So without a doubt, the leader on the team, uh, the energy guy, everybody, you can tell everyone kind of uh, kind of rallies around DeAndre Williams, which is is a little bit weird for uh, you know a first year player playing in their first game to see an entire team rally around them. But that's obviously speaks a lot about how vocal uh, how vocal of a leader that DeAndre has been in practice since practices since he got on campus so big for them to get him back they desperately needed him obviously more than we thought uh penny was was obviously pretty right that he is their best all-around player when you factor in offensive defensive and and what he's able to do from a leadership standpoint so regardless of what they look like last night deandre is going to get better and if he's better then the team's going to get better because he impacts the game on on so many levels yeah, the it, it wasn't necessarily the biggest takeaway for me in terms of DeAndre was not his stat line. I mean, his stat line, obviously, he came in and produced, but it was more so um, the the very noticeable and tangible um, uplifting that even before he got onto the court, you could see a different energy in the Tigers. Um, and I, And I truly believe it was because they knew that he was going to play that night. And so, um, you know, it being his first game, um, energy level off the charts, probably a little bit nervous. You know, he, he talked about it in his postgame press conference where he, you know, talked about putting on that jersey for the first time and how it, it was just inspiring to him. I guarantee you there were nerves. And so some of the fouls that he got called for was a, a, a nervous energy type fouls. Um, you know, some of the, I saw him on the floor like 20 times in the game and, and probably more than likely it was because he was just nervous and and all that. But <clears throat> to me, the biggest takeaway was seeing the other guys respond to him. And and that that is a a a good sign because that I think that's been I think people walked away from the game last night. Fans walked away from the game last night um, relieved, but also concerned. Obviously there's some concern because there isn't a one size fits all fix for what's going on inside the, the Tigers team right now. Um, but you absolutely saw something different with the Tigers, with Deandre, um, available to play. There was a definite difference in the way that they rallied around each other. They rallied around him. The, the, the vocalness, is that a word? The their level of vocality um, on the bench and on the floor, um, they, you know, definitely a clear difference. Good news for this team is that they missed fourteen free throws. They missed double digit layups. Uh, they had complete lapses in their offense for long periods of time on the floor, and they still scored eighty points. I mean that that's got to be a positive takeaway, and you know. One thought that I do have is that it feels like, uh, and this is just me, but it feels like every time we call somebody out minus Alo, minus Alex Lomax, when we've called somebody out for 
uh, on our podcast, just in terms of analysis, breaking down kind of what where they're struggling, what's going on with their game, it feels like there's an almost immediate response. I mean, it, it happened this this week with Lester Quinones. We call him out, or whenever I say we, I guess I can just point the finger at me. Uh, I'll take the blame for uh, Lester showing me up. He he comes out and just you know looks tremendous. You know, was named the player of the game by Penny Hardaway. Um, was a massive spark for Memphis, played all around. I know that, you know, Christian, you said that DeAndre Williams was kind of the the centerpiece for this team last night. But, man, Lester sure made the case for kind of being the guy that did it all for Memphis. Finished the game with 20 points, six rebounds, two assists, three steals, only two turnovers. Um, he was su- super active. Went four four for seven from deep after me telling him to actually go ahead and actually make a shot that mattered, and he did last night. You know, this game was won by uh, two threes. You know, they won by six points, and if Lester goes two for seven, this is a different game. So props to Lester Quinones for stepping up. After the game, Christian, you asked Penny Hardaway uh, about when players are struggling, when that bench is not performing and guys seem to be struggling, not maintaining the energy that Penny expects, uh, would it be possible for him to shorten that rotation? And this is what Penny Hardaway had to say. Absolutely, because it's about winning games. It's not about sympathy minutes. It's not just about giving kids minutes. We want our guys to go in there and try to contribute. But if you're not bringing it, the guys that are bringing it are going to be in the game. And that's what we did in the second half, especially the last seven minutes. We just weren't, we weren't subbing. We were staying small. So I really, I really liked Penny's answer here because I think at this point in the season, with all that's left is you know 19 conference games. It, it, this this last 19 game stretch is massive because you have to win the vast majority of them if you want to win the conference. And, and Lester talked about it. He said, you know, we we looked at it as we need to go 20 and 0 in the conference. Now we're 1 and 0, looking at going 19 and 0. And and I like that mentality. I think it's the mentality they've had in conference play every year since Penny's been here. But the reason I ask that question is because you have guys that are getting substan- decent to substantial minutes that come on the floor and make almost zero impact or negative impact. And and you can't have that in conference play when you're playing against good teams like Houston and you have to come away with wins. You cannot have guys that come on the floor and, and do absolutely nothing and turn the ball over and completely stop the offense. And, you know, we, I don't, I don't want to say we, we like calling out players here, but we're not afraid to, like, we're, we're going to keep it real. So watching last, the last night's game and watching, you know, the previous six games before that, Alex Lomax has regressed a, a substantial amount. And I don't think he's a bad player now. I think he's just so in his own head. I don't think he has any confidence right now. I think he's listening to the media and the fans talking about how he's playing bad and it's making him press so much. And we've talked about it in every episode that we've done this year during basketball season, how he's just, he's not, he's not being patient. He's not sitting back and waiting things for things to develop. He's trying to force things. And as a 5'10 point guard, you cannot force the issue on the offensive end of the floor or you're going to turn the ball over and slow down the offense. And that's exactly what he's done. And last night when when Tulane came back, I think a big part of that is because him and Lance Thomas were in the game and it was basically three on five. 
uh, Alex and Lance were offering no scoring at all. And Alex was turning the ball over. Lance was taking bad shots. I don't I don't I don't know what's going on with Lance this year either. They said it on the broadcast last night. O of ten from three this year, and he's still firing them. You can't do that anymore. If you're O of 10, if you're zero percent for the year, stop taking threes. Try to make an impact down low. Try to impact the game in other ways. So I asked that question because I've noticed that some of the guys coming off the bench have really slowed down the offense and, and hurt the team when they get on the floor. And that's not to say they can't bounce back. I mean, like you said, Brooks, we talked about Lester two nights ago on our last episode and how he was he was really struggling this year, comes out and, and to me has the best game of his career. So it's not like it can't be turned around. I'm not saying Alex Lomax is too far gone to make an impact on this team. They just have to do some self-evaluation. Please delete social media. Don't pay attention to it. Brooks, I think you said this a couple weeks ago. Stay off social media. Delete all that. Don't pay attention to it. They're not the ones that determine whether you're on the floor or not. That's your coach. So stop paying attention to the noise. Be who you are as a player because both these guys had moments where they've looked really good in their careers at Memphis. So that was the reason for the question. And I think it's obviously what Penny said. There's a possibility that he stops playing guys if they continue to hurt the team when they come in the game. For me, it's... It's a, there's a twofold response that I have to that, or a two part response, and and you know we talked about we've talked about Lester a few times already in this episode, and he obviously had the best game of of his season last night. I attribute that to um, the offense that was being run last night. Um, it was clear to me the direction that you know Penny mentioned in the pre game press conference the day before the game against Tulane that he was taking the offense back over and. Um, Obviously, there was a noticeable difference in what they were doing last night. They they had a, a playmaker type role, um, a, a guard that would sit at the free throw line, and um, the object of the or the objective of the offense was to get the ball from the wing or the top of the key in, into the playmaker's hands at the at the free throw line, and then make a move. Um, the the playmaker had the option to pass it off to the wing. Um, you have two wings over there, um, pass it down low to a, a big man posting or to take it to the basket. And Lester's good at that. Um, Lester is a, a facilitator. Um, he's also big enough to take it to the basket and make layups um, to fight for offensive rebounds. You saw him get a couple of offensive rebounds last night. Um, and so I think that Lester's game got the, 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 that offense that was being run when Lester was in the game and Lester was in that playmaker role um, – allowed him to gain some confidence because that's something that he's good at doing. And so then in other parts of the offense, other, other, other possessions, you would see him float out to the three point line, get the ball and, and shoot it confidently. On the other hand, Alex was in that role a few times and in college basketball, high level D one basketball, having a five foot 10 playmaker role at the free throw line, catching the ball and trying to make a move um, is probably the worst thing you could possibly ask a five foot ten kid to do, and um, you know what you saw a lot of times is you saw Alex get the ball in that in that position and then try to force it into into the lane, whether through dribbling to the basket or passing it down low, and um, it just didn't work. Um, it's it's not a good look. And and Alex was doing too much in that in that situation. So so I do blame. I mean, I do look at Alex and say, man, you, the, you know, 
in your head. You got to figure out how to, you know, make smart decisions out there. But then at the same time, I would look at Penny and say, you can't put Alex in that position. He, he will never be successful in that. And I mean, there was one play in particular where Alex got the ball at the free throw line, free throw line dribbled to the right hand side of the lane. DJ's coming down the, the baseline underneath the basket. Lester's popping out to the um, to the top of the, the left side of the key uh, the, at the three point line. And Alex tries to throw a bounce pass to DJ on the baseline across the lane of traffic where defenders were instead of passing it out to Lester at the three point line. And, and I remember texting both of you guys um, during that time and going, the fact that Alex is a junior is the oldest point guard on the team, been in Penny system for so long. And it's still at this point has to be coached that the proper play is not to try to bounce a ball through the lane to a six foot eight guy going across the baseline. But the proper play is to throw it out to the, the key throw it backwards that that to me is just it, it's it was shocking to me I, I just didn't understand that so um just the, in terms of observations about the game that's one of the things that I noticed is is that there's a clear clear change in direction in terms of what the offense is going to do and what they're trying to get um it's now their job to figure out who's going to play that playmaker role and get it into the, uh, you know, make the best place possible for the team on offense. Well, let's just simplify that position. Alex Lomax's job and any point guard on Memphis's team, their job as a point guard, as the, you know, main focal point in terms of leadership and running the offense, your job is to put your teammates in a position to succeed. And, it's it's just unreal watching Alex Lomax constantly put his teammates in a position um, of vulnerability, of uh, putting them in bad positions to where he essentially sets them up for failure instead of success. You know, a, a good point guard, the reason why one of the key metrics for a, a high-level point guard is assist-to-turnover ratio uh, is because when – you are getting assists at a high rate. That means you're putting your teammates in a position to get easy buckets. And then when you have a low turnover rate, that means that you're not making mistakes while doing that. You're not trying to force plays that aren't there. You're not trying to get your teammates the ball in positions where they're vulnerable. And Alex Lomax exposes weaknesses of his teammates instead of hiding them. And that's the opposite of what a high-level point guard does. I mean, just look at Alex Lomax's per this year. His per has dropped four points total from last season. He was at a 15.4. He's at a, an 11.4 right now. That's back down to his freshman year. You know, Alex Lomax is regressing. And I say all of this to say, like, Alex Lomax is not – a different player. He's still the same player. He's still f fine as a player. He can do what Penny Hardaway needs him to do. He's trying to do things that Penny Hardaway doesn't need him to do. You know, last night you saw one possession where he had the ball on the right side of the wing, had plenty of time in the shot clock, 
but over-dribbled, found himself in an ISO situation where he simply tried to take his man off the dribble and shot a step-back three from 24 feet, and it was just, you can't you can't shoot that kind of a shot uh, as a guy who's not shooting the ball well at all and expect to, you know, to be successful. So, you know, my encouragement to Alex Lomax is to get back to doing what Penny Hardaway needs you to do. Do only that and nothing else. You know, somebody posted and said, you know, treat it like uh, John Calipari used to treat Andre Allen. You shoot it, you're coming out. You know, just play off of two feet. Stop jumping in the lane off of one foot. You're shooting 0% from three right now. 0%. Don't shoot threes. Set your teammates up. Um, you know, so for me, there's still a lot to be positive about. DJ Jeffries, again, hot start. In the first three minutes and 33 seconds, DJ came out, was three for three, hit two threes that were beautiful shots. One of them that was almost the three, toe on the line, had an, a defensive rebound, had, had an offensive rebound that led to a bucket. If DJ Jeffries can get that kind of, you know, output, consistently i mean he ended up playing great but he again got eight of his 18 in the first three minutes of the game he needs to show up all game every game and this memphis team can be very dangerous if if alo does what he's supposed to do if dj plays with that same intensity deandre brings the energy and leadership landers continues getting buckets the way he has if lester I mean, they've got weapons. They just got to learn their jobs. They got to know their roles. And Penny Hardaway has to get a handle on this rotation, point blank, period. Christian, I know we want to wrap this up. We don't want to go too long, but I wanted to ask you one last question. Um, you asked the question during the press conference about lineups and about rotations. Um, in your in your basketball knowledge, like right now, who would you like? What would be your rotation if you were Penny and you were coaching this team? What would be your rotation? I mean, I think as far as if you want to talk about starters, I, I like what they had. I, mean, I like what they've done with the starters, the five guys that start the games. Uh, I'm sure. I don't know if DeAndre will be in there. If they want to, I, I don't know how you couldn't put DeAndre Williams in there and just have a. Here's the thing: like Penny talks about, he talks about bringing energy off the bench, bringing guys that are going to keep that same. Yeah. Keep DeAndre coming off the bench for right now. Make him that energy. Make him that spark. Yeah, I lo- I love I'm a big fan of second unit bringing in bringing in scoring and making an impact and that's what DeAndre does off the bench. So I'm sure at some point he'll be in the starting lineup because that just seems like when a player is hot, Penny puts them in the starting lineup. It just is what he's done at Memphis, but I like him coming off the bench. I don't think that's a bad play at all. So I think your five starters, DeAndre Jaden didn't play particularly particularly well last night, but he's had a good year, so I don't I don't think you pull him out of the rotation yet. Um, who else? Who am I missing here? Uh, Boogie Boogie's been up and down this year, but I think you still got to give him what, what twelve to seventeen minutes a game, unless he's just pulling every shot <laughs> pulling every shot that he gets, like he has been over the past couple games. Um, I don't know how you guys feel about this. I would like to see more of Ahmad Rond. I think I think we saw him for like five minutes and he looked good, but they haven't played him since then. 
But I would I would uh, severely limit Alex and Lance Thomas right now. And I don't even think Malcolm was suited up last night. So I don't know exactly how long he will be out or not playing. So I was, was that eight, eight to nine guys, seven, eight guys? I would not go deep in this rotation. Because the guys that Brooks mentioned, DJ, Landers, Lester, and DeAndre, those guys need to be on the floor 30-plus minutes a game. Those guys rarely need to come off the floor unless they're in foul trouble because you know with those guys on the floor, they'll make an impact almost 100% of time that they're on the floor. Man, Christian, I, you know, I, I love you, man, and I, I know Jaden Hardaway has had a great season and everything, but, I mean, for me, realistically looking at it, Jaden Hardaway, for everything good that he's doing, he should not be playing. Looking at this team, this this coaching staff, looking even at Memphis fans, it feels like a lot of people have forgotten what it's like to consistently blow teams out and what the bottom half of your roster is for. You know, your guys, 8, 9, 10, and then especially 11 through 13, should not be playing any sort of meaningful minutes if you're not blowing teams out. You know, that's the thing that Memphis fans got spoiled by with old John Calipari teams is he used to run his best seven to eight guys, would run people ragged and demolish people, and then put in his bench. You know, you you should see a, a Memphis team where the majority of minutes are going to Damian Ball at point guard, Lester Quinones, DJ Jeffries, Landers Nolly, Musa Cisse, and then, like we said, I think you, there's value in bringing guys like DeAndre Williams and Boogie Ellis off the bench. You still give them major minutes because they're obviously two extremely talented teams that are crucial to your success. I mean, you saw it last night with DeAndre Williams. But, you know, Alex Lomax should not be seeing 20 to 25 minutes per game at the point guard spot. Um you know, you should not have a game where Lance Thomas is getting 15 to 20 minutes per game. Just you shouldn't. You you sprinkle in guys who know their role, who are going to come in, play extremely hard for a few minutes, and then you put them back on the bench. And then guess what? If you're up by 40 with four minutes left, if you're up by 20 with four minutes left, then they see the, the floor. Yeah. Um, Jeff Robinson, a four-star recruit from New Jersey that played on that 2007-2008 team, Hardly played. Transferred to Villanova. Killed it. And there's a reason why he didn't play. There were better players on the Memphis roster. Yeah, I think I agree. I think Ahmad should have Lance's minutes right now. Just off of the five minutes that we saw Ahmad, you can tell he knows his role. He's not going to be shot jacking when he's 0 of 10 on the year from three. No matter who's playing, no matter how, the rotations, minutes, anything like that, if you're losing the person at the end of the bench is going to be bitter and upset about the fact that, man, I could, I could come in and help this team win. But if you, if you're winning, winning changes everything. It takes everything and makes it better. And so the, the kid at the end of the bench, who's not getting the minutes anymore, but yet the team is winning consistently. None of that matters anymore because they're a part of a winner. And so right now, it's I a thousand percent agree with you, Brooks. Rotations are by far Penny's biggest issue. Missing free throws, not an issue. Layups, not an issue. Because those things are fixable. Those things are mental. Those things are fixable. 
But if you fix your rotations, your best players get the majority of the minutes. Play your best players. I guarantee you the Tigers will run off and win some games and everything will be everything will be okay. The the whatever kind of feelings are hurt because they're not playing anymore, none of that matters anymore because they're winning. Well, I've got nothing else. I, th- I think we've hit it pretty hard uh, for a single bank game podcast. So uh, conference play just getting started. This Memphis team just now kind of getting their legs underneath them. Uh, it's going to be exciting to see what what DeAndre Williams really does bring this team uh, beyond just the first game back. So Christian, Kenny, y'all got anything else? I'm good. All good. All right. Then that's a wrap. Thank you for listening to Tigers in 20. If you enjoyed this episode, we would love for you to leave a comment and a rating wherever you download your podcasts. If you are interested in daily content all about the University of Memphis athletic program, please hop over to www.gotigers247.com. Articles are uploaded daily, and you can join the Go Tigers 247 family by signing up for the VIP membership for even more behind-the-scenes information. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.